Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. right now, the author of a really interesting and fascinating book, particularly if you're a baseball fan, but you don't have to be to enjoy this. It's called Munson, The Life and Death of a Yankee Captain, uh, commemorating the 30th anniversary of uh, Thurman Munson's untimely death back in uh, 1979. We're joined by the former Yankees PR director and co-author of Thurman Munson's original autobiography and uh, author of this particular book called Munson, uh, Marty Appel joining us today. How are you, Marty? I'm great, thank you. And uh, really, uh, it is unusual that the same author revisits the same subject some 30 years apart, but... Uh, I did his autobiography with him back then, and here I am back again with the full-blown biography version. I know you talk about it in the book, uh, kind of getting with him back in the, in the 70s when he joined the team. And, and uh, I grew up in New York and, and was a big Yankee fan, of course, still am, and uh, a Munson fan. But he, he was difficult to deal with, at least from the press uh, perspective. So uh, I know you had a little uh, challenge at that particular point, didn't you, getting him to do the book with you? Well, but that's really why I wound up doing the book, is because he wasn't on good terms with any members of the New York media at all, and I was the had been the Yankees PR guy, so I was sort of like a halfway between being media and not, and uh, it fell to me then, the assignment to do the autobiography, which he only wanted to talk about his on-the-field exploits and, you know, the march of the Yankees back to the World Series, so... People would compliment me over the years about it being a good book, but I knew in my heart there was a lot more to his story. Those were uh, those were interesting and, and strange years, weren't they? Not, not only the championship years of the late 70s, but those leading up to it. A lot of uh, turmoil, of course. Uh, Steinbrenner came in, bought the team in, in the early 70s, and, and of course... CBS, when they owned it, uh, you know, kind of let it fall apart. So you had a lot of work to do, but those must have been fun years for you. I guess they were fun. Uh, maybe not. Tell us. <laughs> oh, yeah, they absolutely were fun. And, uh, you know, Thurman was a key building block towards uh, restoring the team to greatness. And George Steinbrenner buying the team in 73 was very important because he had a lot more money that he was willing to spend on the team than CBS did. And um, sure enough, by 76, we were back in the World Series in no small measure due to Munson winning the MVP award and um, having been named captain that same year, which I think was not a coincidence. Yeah, the uh, only other captain prior to that point was the great Lou Gehrig, right? And then after that, they said they would never uh, name another captain. So that was a little unusual, even though Munson was the heart of the team at that point, to, to name him a captain, wasn't it? It's a good story because when Lou Gehrig died of ALS in 1941, Joe McCarthy, his manager, had said there'll never be another captain of the Yankees. The position ends with Lou Gehrig. So all those years go by, and now George Steinbrenner owns the team, and he comes from like a football mentality background, and he said, I think, you know, sometimes this works, sometimes it doesn't, but I think it'd be good to have a captain. 
And I was the guy who was the PR director who remembered what McCarthy had said. So I brought it up, and to his credit, Mr. Steinbrenner said, well, if Joe McCarthy knew Thurman Munson, he'd know this was the right guy. And it was a brilliant thing to say, and it turned out to be correct. Talking with Marty Appel, author of Munson, The Life and Death of a Yankee Captain. And, and I know you tell some great stories in the book about some of those meetings with uh, with George Steinbrenner, and uh, not always easy to get through, but uh, 99% of the time, I guess he was right, wasn't he, what, what, what he wanted to do. Maybe he did it in a way that maybe wasn't easy to hear, but, uh, but he was pretty decisive back then, wasn't he? Well, one of the more interesting portions of the book is after George Steinbrenner receives the horrible phone call from the Canton airport that Thurman had been killed in the plane crash, uh, I was able to recreate the scene in his office as he brings in his senior staff and goes into action, the boss in high gear at the top of his game. You do this, you do that. We're going to have black armbands on the sleeves. We're going to bring up this guy from the minor leagues. We're going to put this on the scoreboard. We're going to retire his number. You guys fly out to Canton and do whatever's necessary. He was, you know, at his best, and it's really an interesting look at him. You not only talk about that sad day, we'll get to that in a minute, but, uh, you know, his career leading up to that, he was a great uh, athlete uh, growing up in in Ohio. Uh, I I wasn't aware of this. He was how good in other sports he was. You, You talked about his great athletic ability back then as a, as a kid, and uh, kind of in, in his mind, I guess he wasn't blessed with the greatest body in the world, but, but he was a pretty good athlete, wasn't he, all-around athlete? Well, his teammates would call him squatty body, and yeah. he certainly didn't look <laughs> like Michael Phelps, but um, he was one of the great athletes. Just It all came so naturally to him, not only basketball, football, and baseball, which he excelled in in high school, but he would try anything once and then beat everybody at it, uh, whether it was bowling or pool or golf or handball. he try it one time, master it, and then never lose. He was unbelievable. Talking with Marty Appel, author of uh, Munson, The Life and Death of a Yankee Captain. I guess any Yankee fan or baseball fan growing up in New York uh, knew where they were at that uh, particular day uh, when uh, Thurman Munson died. I was uh, driving and picking up my dad from the Long Island Railroad Station. And, of course, back then, Marty, as you know, there was no sports radio. There was sports shows on some of the stations, so I was listening to it on WCBS when they broke in with the news. Uh, Where were you when that happened? I was at that point working in PR for Baseball Commissioner Bowie Kuhn. I was in that office, and as ironic as it sounds, my phone rings, and it's George Steinbrenner. Uh, I had picked up the phone because the switchboard had closed, and uh, it had routed to me, but he just he didn't know who he was talking to. He just said, uh, put me through to the commissioner, and I'm Mr. Steinbrenner, this is Marty Appel. Marty, terrible thing has happened. I've got to speak to the commissioner right away. So, you know, I got the call down to Bowie Kuhn, and, uh, you know, what unfolded from there was baseball's involvement and the commissioner himself attending the funeral. It was a, a very strange uh, weekend, to say the least. I had forgotten. I, I thought that the first game back was that Monday night game, but uh, reading through the book again, it kind of reminded me they, they played a couple of games before that, uh, the funeral. Well, the big one, I really, was the Friday night. Friday night, yeah, I'd forgotten about that, yeah. Yeah, and that was sort of, you know, I mean, it's timely because we've recently had the Michael Jackson service at the Staples Center, and it brought to my mind um, a similar thing in Yankee Stadium. The night after Thurman Munson died, Staples Center held 18,000. Here you had 51,000 turnout and treated, although there was a game, the pregame stuff is what everybody came for, and they sat in a misty rain, 
and there was, you know, Cardinal Cook spoke, and there were ceremonies on the field, and the moment silence, and an empty catcher position with all the other eight guys on the field. And then just like 15 minutes, the moment of silence became cheers for Thurman every time his picture would be on the scoreboard. Uh, it was a remarkable event, and, uh, you know, it's amazing the book came out this week, the same week as the Michael Jackson service. It made me think back to that. Mm. Yeah, I remember that service. I mean, anybody who saw that, in my mind, though, it was kind of strange. I had kind of combined that with the game Monday night after the funeral. I had, I had forgotten there was a separate uh, couple of days there. But, of course, that Monday night, which was actually televised on Monday Night Baseball back then, that was a memorable night with Bobby Mercer coming back and uh, getting the game-winning hit. Yeah, and a never-before-told story about that from uh, from Tippy Martinez, who was the pitcher. Uh, you know, we all know that Bobby Mercer delivered the winning hit in the ninth inning to win the game for the Yankees, kind of for Thurman. What we didn't know was uh, Tippy's perspective on it, and that he loved Thurman and had been a teammate. And after he went 0-2 on Mercer, he had this flashback on the mound of, facing Ron LaFleur of the Tigers some years earlier, whose 30-game hitting streak was on the line. And Munson came out to the mound and said, let's give him a chance to extend the streak. How uh, about a fastball down the middle for him? <laughs> and in a second, Tippy remembered that and heard Thurman's voice and then said, I owe Bobby this one. And he delivered a fastball down the middle for Bobby when a breaking pitch almost surely would have struck him out and Bobby Lyon, the game-winning hit down the left field line. And as Tippy walked off, he reveals, he looked to the heavens and said, for you, Thurman. Mm. Now, the ABC cameras actually carried Tippy walking off and looking heavenward, but they didn't know what they had until we have this story. Yeah, great story. And uh, yeah, I think they left right away to go to the local news. You mentioned that in the, in the, in the, in the, in the yeah. book. So they, they didn't stay with games and do post-games like they do on, you know, ESPN now and all that, but uh, well, wonderful stories of that game. On the whole media, I mean, Sports Center started like a month after he died. Yeah. He was just just uh, a little before all of that. Well, yeah, I know you go into the book. We won't get into details now, but you know, Munson, of course, was a an avid pilot. Loved airplanes, and uh, he kept buying new airplanes. It seemed over the years, and and as you go into, you know, what happened as far as uh, you know that that actual flight, and actually he saved the, the two other passengers in a sense uh, on that flight. So even in his last minutes, he was very heroic, wasn't he? Yeah, people do forget that because the FAA report cited pilot error, and he certainly did screw up on a lot of things. But he also had the resourcefulness to recover, not well enough to make it to the runway, but he brought that thing down in a field, and if they hadn't hit a tree stump, all three of them would have walked out. But the tree stump caused paralysis, and the other two guys couldn't get him out of the plane, and then the plane burst into flames, and they had to flee and leave him behind. But he had the presence of mind to bring it down safely despite his errors, Save those two lives, and the last thing he said was, are you guys okay? Yeah, great great story, sad story, but uh, even in his last few minutes, uh, he was thinking of uh, the other people on board. But it's a great read for uh, anybody who, of course, was the Yankee fan. You don't have to be because it's just a wonderful story of a guy who uh, you know, was one of the best at his position for the short time that he played, uh, a 10-year career. Probably didn't have the length of time to uh, to qualify for the Hall of Fame, though who knows if he played another few years, but his knees were giving out on him, so it would have been hard to say. But uh, Yankee fans, I think, still think of him as a Hall of Famer, don't they? 
Oh, they get very passionate about it, yes. But uh, the truth is he would have been a Hall of Famer with an asterisk because uh, people would have put him in and presumed that he would have continued on to compile big lifetime statistics, but we don't know that for sure. Mm. Marty, what kind of reaction have you been getting uh, from the book? I know it's been successful so far and just coming out in the last few days. Uh, what, what kind of reaction are you getting from not only Yankee fans, but just baseball fans around the country? The critical reaction has been wonderful. Um, this is my 17th book, but this is uh, apparently going to be the biggest of them. Uh, it's already the number two baseball book on the Amazon bestseller list and it only came out on July 7th. Um, but the emails and, uh, and voice messages I've been getting from people who've been reading it is enough to make you cry. They just say, uh, I, I'm trying to read this slower because I'm savoring every word, and when an author hears something like that, it's just music to the ears. Mm. Well, it's a great tribute to, uh, to Thurman Munson. Of course, down here in our area, Marty, as you know, even though uh, we have the Rays, uh, it is uh, heavy Yankee country as well, right up the road in Tampa. So I know a lot of the folks down here are going to want to take a look at it. And Marty, have enjoyed your work over the years, uh, going back to watching the old Yankee games on Channel 11 with, uh, with Phil, uh, Bill, and uh, Frank Messer. It's great to talk to you. Hopefully we'll do it when the next book comes out. I enjoyed this. Thank you so much. 